Hello, this is Drink the Music. A podcast where each week we listen to an album, make a cocktail, and have a chat about it. Thanks for joining us. Now let's drink the music. Oh, oh my gosh, uh, that that was spooky for sure. Hello and welcome to the Drink the Music Halloween Spooktacular episode. Brian and Michaela here with you and uh, didn't, uh, didn't number this one because this one is going to be a little bit different than our normal numbered episodes, Michaela. Today we're putting together a playlist. Uh, now if you've been listening to Drink the Music, you know that uh, I myself am not a fan of playlists unless I'm curating them, of course, because I have excellent taste. Uh, no, not really. Uh, not really. I do have I do have some taste and you'll have to be the judge of how well I did, but but we decided, Michaela, we were going to put together uh, kind of a Halloween playlist, right? So not necessarily like Halloween songs, uh, no Monster Mash here um, in our playlist. But these are some songs that kind of get us in the in the mood or the mindset or get us thinking about the scariest time of year. Yes, uh, I, uh, unlike you, love playlists. I think that, uh, you know, are, were you around? Did you make like playlists? Michaela was, a, Michaela was a DJ in a former I life. Was a, maybe, I was a DJ. I was actually. Um, but I think I think playlists are awesome because they they do something. They they suit a completely different purpose, right? Where you're like Absolutely. in a certain mood, mm-hmm. or you're like telling someone you like them or something. Do you remember the playlists in the 1990s where you would make like a mixtape, and then I we do, were able yeah. to make a mix CD, and that that is like the best gift. Uh, for like for example, my dad every year on his birthday, I curate like my favorite songs that remind him of me over the course of the previous year, and I put oh, it together with nice. like a. Yeah. Um, so playlists are my thing. I love them so much. Um, so I'm actually really excited because it's the first time that we that we're doing a playlist at uh, mm. Drink the Music. And um, and this one is really interesting because it is uh, music that we have chosen. You chose five. I chose five. Um, they're things that we find spooky or disturbing or creepy um, or just overall mm-hmm, mm-hmm. scary uh, that, that may or may not have really anything to do with Halloween. Because when we put this together we were like we don't want to do monster mash we don't want to do some of like the token like ghostbuster stuff not that there's anything wrong with those songs but we just wanted something a little bit more gritty maybe more adult i don't know just something a little different and so i'm super excited uh about this episode yeah, absolutely. This one's going to be a good one. And and yeah, you know, the, the playlist, you know, dates back really kind of probably came into its heyday, you know, with the advent of the cassette tape, you know, people could make their own kind of mixtapes. And then, uh, you know, kind of our generation could make like mix CDs if you're uh, uh, the the kind of person that would have like a like a CD burner, you could do that. So now, now pretty much like, uh, you know, Spotify or iTunes or whatever just makes a playlist for you. You don't even have to do it. They're just like, oh, it seems like you like this kind of stuff here. Let us let us do that. And uh, so maybe that's how kids are, are making them uh, nowadays. I don't know. But a Halloween party is the perfect time for a playlist. And that's what we're going to be getting into today. Uh, so, Michaela, before we get into, you know, crafting, crafting our tales of our tales of terror and music, uh, what we need to do is make a cocktail. And luckily for everyone, we have a really good one. Uh, we made this together, actually, and I've not seen you as excited for a cocktail in a long time. So we better take a quick break because I can tell you are ready for one. I'm ready for one. So let's do it. Take a quick break and we'll be right back to mix it up. Campfire mules. <laughs> That's what we're making. When you think of yeah. when you think of a campfire, right? Like you stop yes. laughing at me. Uh-huh. You think of a, uh-huh. when you think of a campfire, right? We, mm-hmm. we did we did in the lobby bar one of your favorite like fall drinks called the flannel uh yes. when you're when when you think of a campfire uh you think of s'mores a lot of people think of s'mores it's like an American staple um if if you don't know what a s'more is because uh, you're listening from America from somewhere other than America look it up um it's it's really interesting it's got marshmallows that are toasted over a flame um it's got chocolate it's got graham crackers this is not that but this mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. is like an adult version for people that maybe don't want to consume four billion calories of chocolate but do want to feel like grown up and like smoky and dark and 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 this is like the most adult uh version of a halloween cocktail we've ever done because everything else we did in the past couple of years at drink the movies for the uh for halloween was like sugary and it was like purple and it was cool mm-hmm, but it, mm, this is yeah. a, this is also very cool but it's a very very different kind of cool and so i'm super excited about this one brian 
Yeah, this one's a lot less sweet than some of the others, even though this does uh, get garnished with a toasted uh, marshmallow. It's it's really providing, you know, some of that uh, that aroma of, you know, kind of that that like burnt sugar uh, kind of thing that you're getting on the toasted marshmallow. Uh, you know, really, really delicious stuff. And yeah, you know, yeah, we've done we've done pumpkin drinks. We've done these uh, kind of sweeter purple drinks. I even found a can of hard cider that was uh, flavored like candy corn. Uh, it was disgusting. I didn't buy yeah. it. Uh, get that, get that out of here. Come on. Uh, 1911. Uh, I love your stuff, but, uh, that's, that's a, that's a whole, that's a whole different episode. Michaela, we're gonna have to get into that because today what we were making is delicious. It is the campfire mule. It comes from delicious.com. Uh, so basically you're going to mix this up. It's a mule, right? So I've done these a thousand times. Um, this one's going to call for some bourbon though. Um, it's calling for specifically some smoked bourbon. Uh, so what we did was we took, um, one and a half ounces of bourbon put it into a little mason jar and then i used uh one of those little like smoke disc things on top and uh just kind of got some smoke down in there you could do that you could do um if you have like a smoking gun you could do that you could um even uh you could probably even use like a like a like a smoky like pd scotch if you wanted that a little, a little bit of the smoke flavor um if you don't want to go through the hassle of that uh you can totally skip it too it's not uh it's not a huge uh factor here in this drink but if you have the ability to smoke your bourbon uh go ahead and do that so one and a half ounces of that a half ounce of lemon and a quarter of an ounce of maple syrup go into a shaker go ahead and shake that strain it into a glass with some ice and then top it off with some ginger beer and the most delicious garnish that we maybe ever done here on drink movies maybe yeah so you just take a marshmallow and you lightly toast it now you can do this over an open flame. If you're going to do that, be careful. We have this really cool like little blowtorch thing that we used, um, and that was really mm -hmm. neat. Um, yeah. And we did we did a couple of them because they were too good to be forgotten. Ha <laughs> ha. Um, but yeah, this this was amazing. If you're going to use, um, well, I want to say if you're going to use the maple syrup, use 100% real maple syrup. Don't use the stuff that you put over pancakes unless you use real, real maple syrup over pancakes. And that's what you should do, actually, in all things. But um, don't use the the fake stuff because it, it will not taste the same. The viscosity is going to be way off because um, it, it needs mm -hmm. to be... Um, I don't know. I, I think it'll be way too syrupy if you do it, if you do it with the fake stuff. So um, I really loved this drink. I loved the way it looked. I thought it was inspired tasting. Um, you really, the way we smoked the bourbon was really nice. And so it, 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 I don't know. It wasn't so smoky where you felt like a campfire in your mouth. It wasn't like that. Mm -hmm. um, sure. and, and, but I really liked that. And I, I think that uh, the next time we, we, watch a scary movie together or something we should definitely do it with a different um flavor of wood and see if that mm. adds kind of a different variation to the profile yeah for sure because uh we had um we had a couple of options there i think we had like apple and cherry and pecan or pecan depending on uh, how you uh, decide you want to pronounce that but yeah there were a couple of different flavors going on there uh, maple syrup and bourbon is something you'll see a lot of this time of year um you know down to like a like a classic like old-fashioned made with maple syrup as opposed to you know the sugar cubes there so that's a really nice kind of flavor combination there and just yeah a little bit of that smoke um some nice effervescence from the ginger beer this one was really really nice it felt very um, kind of sophisticated for um, for a mule, right? Which is almost like a like a de facto cocktail. You go pretty much anywhere now, and they're going to have some sort of mule on the menu. But this one felt a little bit classier and definitely timely uh, for this time of year, and it's going to pair up perfectly, dare I say, with our Halloween playlist, Michaela. So let's do this. Let's go toast up another couple of marshmallows. We will mix up another cocktail, and we'll be right back to assemble our tunes. We'll be right back. Okay, I was uh, I was giving it a second there to see if Michaela made any ghost sounds or if she was just going to just going to go straight in straight into the music straight into the music. So, um, you know, we talked a little bit about this here at the at the at the top, Michaela, but this isn't really any sort of I don't know, like no rhyme or reason to it. We just said let's come up with some Halloween songs. We didn't really give ourselves much parameters uh, for them uh, too much. You know, just kind of some songs that reminded us of you know Halloween of this uh, spooky time of year. Reminded us of like like horror movies and things. You know, just to kind of get us in that mind 
Wayne says. So we are by no means saying that these are the best, you know, Halloween playlist songs of all time, uh, even though maybe they are. I don't I don't know. We'll see how how the list comes together here. But but, you know, these are just some songs that got us in the mindset. And we thought it would be fun to kind of compile these and talk about them, uh, really, because Halloween is often overlooked in terms of music. Right. You get the you get the you know, the the standards, the purple people eater and the, you know, monster mash, you know, those kinds of things that you hear all the time. But but there are some songs that definitely have a little bit darker of a tone to them. And let's get into the playlist, Michaela. So I'll get us started off here. Um, my first song is Closer by Nine Inch Nails. So this is the second single off of the 1994's Downward Spiral. Rolling Stone says that this is the 271st best song of all time in their most recent poll. Uh, the drum machine here gets us started off. It's sampling uh, Iggy Pop's nightclubbing. Um, and it beats kind of like a heart throughout this song. But if you listen really close to the start, you hear that kind of eerie, like downward spiral thing that comes in really hard at the end, but you can hear it um, at the beginning. So it's really going through the whole song, keeping you in that mindset, uh, because this album is real, real dark. Um, everyone, yeah. you know, or most people kind of know this song because of that pointedly obscene lyrical hook, right? Uh, I want to do, I want to do something to someone there. Um, but the interesting part of this song to me, um, isn't really that it's kind of the layering of these things that happen over the course of the song. The, the downward spiral is, uh, as an album that's talking about like mental and emotional breakdowns. It's really tough to listen to actually, if you're in a dark place, uh, heed my advice right there. Um, this song, it's, it's almost like a summary then of the album kind of in the way that it's constructed. It gets really stressfully dark and deranged the further you go down into this song. Um, and I chose this song because the precursor version of it uh, is the title theme for one of my all-time favorite horror movies, which maybe we'll talk about uh, sometime in the future. Um, stars Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt. So there you go. Uh, Michaela, Closer by Nine Inch Nails. Is this a good addition to our Halloween playlist? Uh, yeah. So when you sent me this, your, your list and this made it to the top, I was like, yes, we're really going there because first <laughs> I was like, how in the world are we going to talk about this song uh, without this becoming an explicit lyrics kind of uh, uh, episode? Um, Cause we try to not do that here at drink the movies, despite Michaela's huge potty mouth. Um, but I got to say this song scared the crap out of me when I heard this, when it came out, it scared mm -hmm. me to death. First of all, I was young and I didn't want anything to to happen to me like an animal so if somebody's like saying those things i was like that's vile and gross i didn't like that but i agree listening to it as an adult um the thing that 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 gets me every time is the the layers of the sounds that's happening right and the lyrics are pretty raw they're very like i it it depending on who you talk to they're like that is like the the best form of flattery like saying that someone is bringing them closer to god and they they want mm -hmm. to feel them and they want to and it's like yeah but it's very raw and it's like i don't know if we're going to enjoy that union of two people that i don't know um but the layering of the actual sounds um and and the last like minute and a half there are no lyrics and so you mm -hmm. get this like piano mixed with this weird like reverb i have no idea how he created this um but it, it's no wonder to me that trent reznor has become like this soundtrack guru now like he has done so many amazing uh musical uh, uh, artistic um, feats in the last few years working in in movies for soundtracks and scores and it's all incredible and this right here is is really where it it gets it gets it for me because not only is it terrifying you're also as an adult you're you're kind of intrigued <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and scared and it's that thing right there that makes this probably one of my favorite kind of halloween-ish uh songs of all time because you're terrified but you still want more mm. yeah yeah, absolutely. The way that the yeah, the way that it comes together and it just keeps kind of overlapping these sounds and, uh, it, you know, it's kind of kind of you want it you want it to be over, but you want it to keep going at the same time. And it, it's really kind of magical um, in that sense um, in terms of uh, spooky Halloween songs. So that is how we are getting started up. Michaela, what song are you uh, going to be getting us going with here today? So as soon as I saw this, I thought, well, I have to counter it with something that uh, is similar to, to in in the hard rock kind of sense. And so mm. I picked uh, none other than Dragula by Rob Zombie. Mm. It's from okay. the he album Hellbilly Deluxe. OK, it was released in August 24th of 1998. Um 
The song also appears on Rob Zombie's Past, Present, and Future and his Greatest Hits album, which is called The Best of Rob Zombie. Um, the original single includes like a big beat remix of the song Charlie Clouser entitled Hot Rod Herman. Um, and uh, this song has layers to it as well. So I thought it was kind of a nice juxtaposition to the the closer song in that it's got a lot of kind of, um, although harder and harsher kind of beats to it um it, it also has some really tough lyrics <laughs> that are mm. real dark um and i gotta say the first time i heard this um it was i i think it was the fall and it was raining outside and i was like i'm being i'm going i'm gonna descend into a pit of hell this this is not this is not a a, a song for folks that are trying to ride the rainbow train up into, you know, alleviate their mood. This is not it for them. My parents warned me about Rob Zombie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Rob Zombie is a, is a master of these horror uh, tales, right? And we get Rob Zombie here. This is the debut single from Rob Zombie, uh, who's no longer from uh, White Zombie, uh, you know, kind of kind of going off there on his own for sure uh this song is amazing um it's one of my favorite just uh harder rock songs of all time it's got this uh opening uh dialogue that is uh christopher lee talking from the 1960 horror film city of the dead that's pretty cool um this song is also playing uh not going to get into to movies too much here but it's playing in the nightclub where neo goes to follow the white rabbits uh in the matrix and that's pretty cool um this song is cranked up to 11 throughout uh cranked up to 11 in terms of guitars in terms of adrenaline um, in terms of excess and horror film imagery, uh, an all-time great rock song by an all-time great showman of the undead, Rob Zombie. I've actually seen Rob Zombie in concert like a bunch of times, actually like four times, maybe. I think he's uh, no he's way. been part he's been part of this uh, rock and roll festival I've been going to up in uh, Columbus, Ohio for uh, several years. So I actually saw him uh, this year. He was performing uh, there as well, and he, he's getting a little bit older, but he knows how to weave a tale of horror. Um, both in his music and in his directing of these uh, horror remakes. So yeah, Dragula by Rob Zombie. That's that's a good one, Michaela. Yeah, I thought so. What do you got next for me, dude? <laughs> All right. Uh, carrying on here, we are going with The House of the Rising Sun by The Animals. So The House of the Rising Sun was first collected into a folk compilation in the Appalachians of the United States of America. Here, uh, just kind of in our neck of woods, uh, Michaela, pretty close by, pretty close by. Uh, this song is a warning song called The Rising Sun Blues, originally. Uh, prostitution, gambling, addiction have all been sung about in various forms and versions of the songs. And it's a reminder, Michaela, to be careful in the most haunted place in America, New Orleans. So yeah. the Animals 1964 version um, is the one I'm talking about. It's the one most people know. Uh, Bob Dylan also did a, a version of this, but everyone knows the Animals one. That's the one you think of when you think of this song. Um, and, you know, kind of the pieces of the song, though, are super old. They're going back like 300 years, uh, different kind of versions of the song. So that makes it kind of spooky in itself. You know, there's a lot of things that happen um, in 300 years. Um, apparently, while on tour, uh, the Animals here, they were on tour with Chuck Berry, and they heard a folk singer this tune in Newcastle, of all places, and they decided to cover it uh, on stage that night at their performance. Uh, was it Supernatural Influence, A Deal with the Devil? Uh, whatever it was, it would go on to become the Animals' biggest hit, a number one hit here in the United States, which was something no British band other than the Beatles had ever done. Uh, number 471 on Rolling Stone's Top 500 Song List, and kind of surprising to me that you don't hear the song more often because despite the fact that it's creepy and it's you know darker folk roots this is the coolest damn song house of the rising sun is a really oh, cool yeah. song <laughs> it is a really cool song it's got this hauntability i think i think what you're saying uh what you say totally makes sense i didn't know that this song was 300 years old uh but mm. it to it it it, sent it gives me chills because when you think about it this song has resonated in the hearts and skins of I don't know, what is that, 16 generations now or 20 generations of people. Um, it totally makes sense that this, and whatever this song is actually about, that that lyrical dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, I'm not doing it justice, but you know what I'm talking about, that, mm -hmm. that, that the licks of the guitar, it, it immediately 
kind of centers you and 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 shakes you a, a little free from you know wherever you are and you're immediately uh, in this vulnerable place and uh you know this song talks about a house in new orleans a lot of people think it's like a house of ill repute uh some people think it's a church uh some people think mm -hmm. that you know everybody's got a different story of what it is and and um and and how it can it can change a person and like this idea of the deal with the, this deal with the devil that you make in this house. Um, and again, it leaves you wanting more. All of these, all of these are like really kind of bothersome, but then you're like, mm, I'm just going to give that one more <laughs> listen. You know, <laughs> and it's, um, Totally awesome. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, that's uh, that was kind of one of the things that I kept coming back to, you know, and going through here, these songs, because I just, you know, I put them on my headphones while I'm writing my notes and, you know, the song would just kind of kind of kick over and you almost you almost get into like sucked in uh, to the worlds that these songs are are weaving. So, yeah, House of the Rising Sun for me. Uh, all right. You're up, Michaela. All right. So this next one, I have to say, you might not have heard of and listeners out there can confirm can confirm. I'm I'm sorry if you haven't heard of it, but you need to go listen to it. Um, you need to listen to it when it's like dark and you're driving. That is, the, uh, but mm. drive safely. Everybody don't drive distracted. Um, yeah. Put 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 this song on when it's dark and you're driving because that's how I heard this song the first time. I've got kind of a spooky story about it. If you, if you'll let me, if you'll indulge me. Um, Absolutely. So I had an iPod, like most people in the early 2000s, and I put a ton of stuff from Napster uh, that I didn't buy. Uh, I was one of those people, okay? Um, I buy all my music now because I think that's the right thing to do. But when I was young, that's what I did. And I bought so much, I put so much music on my iPod. Uh, I didn't probably know all the things that I put on it. And so sometimes songs would just show up and I'd be like, I love this. What is that? Uh, and, and it was weird uh, because I will never forget this. It was Halloween uh, and it was like, I don't know, 2002, maybe um, I was driving home and I lived in the middle of the woods. So I was driving down a really big highway, um, but it was pitch black. There was no lights. And this song comes on. Now, this is Hey Pretty by Poe. And it's not just the first version. It is Hey Pr Pretty, the drive-by 2001 mix version. Um, and there mm. are very big differences. Uh, this one came on and I immediately was like, oh my God, what is this? First of all, I think it's a totally hot song. I really, I think it, uh, the this guy named, um, well, Poe's brother, Mark Z. Danieleski, I'm hoping I say his name right. He wrote this book called House of Leaves and he uh, reads um, from that book over some of the vocals. And that is what makes this the drive-by mix versus the original Hey Pretty song. Um, and I love it. I think it, the lyrics are really hot. I think they're very sexy, but I also think they're very dangerous. And you're like, you're on this precipice of like things going from really great and really amazing to terribly wrong any second. And it's talking about driving down Mulholland Drive. If you've never done that, it's a twisty, windy road. You could die any second. Um, this girl's really hot. She's like really into this guy. And she's, and then she looks over at him and says, Hey, pretty, want to take a ride with me? And you kind of do, but you know, you're probably going to die at the end of it. Bad idea. It's so Bad good. Idea. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And like you said, Michaela, I have never heard the song until you uh, put it on our playlist here today. Um, and I was a little confused at first because I said, uh, uh, you said to listen to Hey Pretty by Garbage. And I said, there's no such song as that, Michaela. Um, but fair play to you. Fair play to you. Because if you listen to the song, if you're familiar with the band Garbage at all, this sounds a lot like a garbage song. So I can totally see how you might uh, mix those two up. Um, because uh, the song, the song, like the band garbage is is really really great um you mentioned the the kind of the reading of the of the book there by her brother um and apparently when this song came out it had no home on the radio because apparently in the year 2000 when her album haunted came out uh radios were shying away from female-led bands and michaela there is nothing more horrifying during halloween or any time than sexism so poe went ahead and remixed that with her brother uh to get it on there basically they're like uh, if you have like a if you have like a guy on the song then we can then we can Great. put it in. She calls her brother. That's how they got it put onto the radio. So, so yeah, like you said, Michaela, she's telling this tale, right? She's uh, talking about this woman on the prowl uh, herself uh, for like sex, for drugs, for high speed car chases. Um, it has kind of the song itself has kind of like this this new like crime noir uh, kind of vibe to it. Yeah. That's kind of the vibe that I get from it, and it uses excess, and it feels like Poe is taking us along on her bender. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, it's. 
it's one of my favorite uh, songs when they talk about that he's unzipping her pants and it's the longest unzipping of his life. I'm like immediately entranced. Um, you know, I was young. I still think this is one of the scariest yet hottest songs ever. Uh, go mm -hmm. listen to it, everybody. Hey, pretty drive by 2001 mix. It's by Poe. It is not by garbage. Sorry, garbage. Sorry, Poe. My bad. Uh, but it's amazing. And maybe it'll show up on your Halloween night just mm. as you're driving down the road in the dark. Yeah. Mm. Uh yeah, maybe a uh, uh, shout out to garbage. Maybe uh, I think I'm paranoid would be a good uh, Halloween song there. So so throw uh, throw garbage onto your playlist, too. Uh, next up for me, uh, I'm going to go with uh, a song that I was not familiar with until you and I went to see Miss Taylor Swift at the Eras concert uh, tour uh, here. That is this look at what you made me do by Taylor Swift. Oh, because she's dead. This is Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift channels her uh, inner Lady Gaga and the uh, I'm too sexy. Right said Fred hook. Uh, so right said Fred. It's a, a writing credit here on this one. Um, but Taylor is weaving a tale of jealousy and revenge. This coming from her 2017 album Reputation. Um, like I said, I wasn't familiar with this song at all, but we were there at the theater watching it. And I'm like, this song is incredible. This song is haunting. Uh, this song is going to be perfect on my Halloween playlist. And it is. Uh, it kind of muffles her voice through the bridge. And then she kind of does like this super creepy giggle thing and everything cuts out except her voice. And she just says, Taylor can't come to the phone right now because she's dead. Um, it's really dark, and I love that uh, a lot. So this made it up to number one on the U.S. Billboard charts. It is four times platinum single, and Taylor's version is supposedly coming out sometime soon. Um, and just like the song says, Taylor wants to be the actress in our bad dreams. Yeah. Well, that that worked because um, I think you're right. This is very, I you know, it's like, are, is she planning to kill somebody? Is she planning um, on doing something even creepier, like killing herself and making it look like somebody else did it because she wants their revenge? Mm -hmm. Like it, 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 it conjures up all these other kind of ideations of like um, what if you were going to get revenge or you were going to um, get back at somebody uh, or make them look bad, what would you do? And it's like, Oh, look at what you made me do. And then it's the, the uh, just the conjuring of like her eyes and like uh, just creep, just very creepy. I really liked this because it's also quite poppy and it's been on the radio a lot. So <laughs> it's got, it, you know, nobody's, uh, the, the language is okay. Apparently now we're okay with women led bands. So we're hearing it all the time. It's all the good Great. things. Yeah. We've, we've, uh, we've made it, uh, made it back full circle. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it was, it was a really good one. Like I said, when I saw it uh, there in the airs tour, I'm like, I'm like, that is a perfect Halloween song. So uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so speaking of revenge, uh, my next song is Tear You Apart, which is a song mm -hmm. by an American band. She wants revenge, which uh, is interesting. It's a, it was their second single from their self-titled studio debut album that came out in January 2006. Um, and the song actually reached number six on the Billboard Alternative Songs chart and number 122 on the Hot 100. Um this this song, I don't know if you had heard this before. Had you heard it before? I had not heard it before, um, which is kind of which is kind of surprising to me uh, because maybe I have heard it before and I just didn't know it because this song was featured in my second favorite season of American Horror Story. That is American Horror Story Hotel because Lady Gaga, who is amazing, says that this is one of her favorite songs. So I want it to be in the show. So, of course, it was put into the show. And then actually, you know, after it did pretty well there getting up the charts, like you just mentioned, it had kind of a resurgence there after uh, that show uh, came out. But by the time that happened, the band had already broken up. So. Yeah. Yeah. It was also in um, a movie called The Number 23. It starred Jim Carrey. And uh, and that's the first time I heard it uh, mm. was um, and I heard the very beginning where you have this like uh, these weird beats. Um, I'm not sure what makes that sound. I don't as an instrumentalist, you might have better take on what what makes that sound. It sounded like maybe. Um, like a lighter, tinnier reverb on a guitar, maybe, but it mm -hmm. really was creepy. It, it sounded like chains kind of hitting tin. And so, uh, and the lyrics are real scary. <laughs> it's about this guy who's like interested in this girl and you think it's going to be just really hot. And then all of a sudden he's like, I really kind of want to kill you. <laughs> and as a woman, um, again, at first you're like, this could be kind of interesting. And then you're like, mm, but 
It could also end up with me chopped in tiny pieces. I don't know. It definitely made me think of all of the horror uh, films, all of like the serial killers, like the Jamie Gums, the Ted Bundys, the Charles Manson, like all of the super mm-hmm. scary, like I'm super, like if a guy is like really um, uh, enigmatic and they 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 kind of connect with you on a level, but really they're just trying to get you into their van so they can make a skin suit out of your face. Like that's kind of where it went for me. I don't know. That's right. Yeah, it is. Uh, it has turned pretty dark here on Michaela's side of the playlist for sure. Um, so the music video actually was uh, also directed by Joaquin uh, Phoenix, who I think might have uh, directed a, a couple of their music videos, which is uh, also kind of kind of interesting. And like the the music video itself is set in like this high school dance. So the song is like this weird very creepy very dark kind of juxtaposition of like of like a high school crush sort of things and you know kind of the darker feelings with it so the lyrics here go from like 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 super nervous like high school mm-hmm. crush to being like uh crazy like vicious you know at the drop of the hat it's really it's really weird and off-putting um the vocals have kind of this monotonous tone and then there's like these droning kind of keyboards and like you said that kind of kind of plinking uh sound is probably done um on some sort of like synthesizer or electric uh, organ something something like that um she wants revenge is not a band as i'd mentioned i was very familiar with apparently they used to do a lot of touring with depeche mode uh so if you're interested in what kind of sounds she wants revenge is it's the kind of sounds that a band that might go on tour with depeche mode makes so uh there you go that is tear you apart by she wants revenge it is it's a darker darker tone uh darker tale for sure on your halloween playlist so what do we got next we've got paint it black by the Rolling Stones or one of the 10,000 different covers of this there have been. So this comes from the 1966 album Aftermath. Mick Jagger and Keith Richards spin a haunting tale of grief, loss, and a funeral of a girlfriend. The song here is composed in a minor key, which a lot of these songs here on this list are, but that gives it kind of this eerie, darker feeling. Uh, Not in a major key, in a minor key, that makes it sound sound a little scary there. There's a sitar. Um, It's kind of rolling through this song and the song at the end, it goes a little bit uh, unhinged right you go a little bit crazy feeling here as you want everything painted black right i want to see the sun blotted out from the sky uh rolling stone magazine places this at number 213 on their top 500 songs uh number one single like i said hundreds of covers but maybe my favorite um and spookiest cover of paint it black comes from the vitamin string quartet uh which is really excellent and if you're wanting some nice ambiance uh, music check out vitamin string quartet covers of things you know these little orchestral compositions so really good paint of black michaela is a song that everyone knows um everyone kind of interprets uh kind of however uh they want to but what do you think about uh, the rolling stones here oh it's creepy i think everybody is familiar with kind of the haunting beginning where the 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 way that right that's um whether it's done via like a string or it's done with a guitar um, or a violin or a viola. Um, it's still very haunting. Um, I like uh, that this is a great example of something that's kind of, it's kind of rockish, but then you listen to the words and it's anything but upbeat. <laughs> like it's, I want to paint everything black. The world is ending. I um, And I really like that, that um, again, um, I think what makes things creepy and scary for me and kind of haunting is that th- things seem like they're right on edge where this, this, it, it seems like things might be okay, but really they're not. Um, and I feel like, um, especially at the end when it just kind of goes a little crazy, you feel like if I were seeing them on stage, this would be the point where, you know, the, the psychotic break would happen. Mm. And then they would just kind of go into this debauchery on stage of, of sound and, and music and, um, and, and artistry in that sense. This, this is one of my favorite uh, Rolling Stone songs. Um, I don't think it's, it's probably anybody's surprise. Um, I mean, it's, it gets tons of accolades. I feel like it's been in a lot of uh, films. It's been in a lot of kind of creepy shows because of the way that it's uh, that, that opening kind of register sounds Um it, to me, it's very much like, what would you give to, you know, and how desperate would you be to not feel this way? And what would you give up, um, mm, you know, mm-hmm, kind of mm-hmm. a deal with the devil kind of, because he's like, I'll, I'll do anything. Um, uh, but I just want to paint it all black. That's right. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's one of the all time uh, great songs for sure. And it definitely fits well in on any Halloween playlist, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um. 
mine it's my turn oh okay so this next one man i don't get any lighter uh all people listeners i'm sorry um we're just going we're going right oh man uh, so my next song, celebrates halloween but yeah it is it's all like wow all right we'll talk about it um so my next one is stan by none other than eminem oh okay um um this song i remember hearing when it first came out which i think was in 2003 uh, 2000 2000 2000 okay so i was i was in college um again this was during the era of napster and i'm sorry um but i remember this kind of showing up on a boyfriend's playlist and i was so shook I didn't move from the, the seat mm-hmm. that I was in for about 30 minutes because um, it starts off with rain pouring down. It starts off with uh, this really beautiful opening lines from Dido's song, Thank You. Uh, and so you don't know what it is really going to be, but you hear this this thunder rolling. You hear that that uh, it, it's very dark sounding. And then Eminem just comes up and he's singing the song um, and it's, really just uh this really sad story of this kid named stan who's uh eminem's biggest fan and he's trying to get him to uh write him back and he's he's not getting attention and then he just uh and he's probably got some emotional and mental issues uh already uh but he takes that to the very biggest and most horrible extreme that you could think of Mm-hmm. And uh, interspersed with this, you get Dido's like melodic music of how like at the end of the day, it's not so bad because I have you and it's really haunting and terrifying. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, Yeah, it's uh, sampling that Dido song, um, like you mentioned there, which actually went on to gain its own popularity. It's not a song we probably ever would have heard of here in the United States that Eminem uh, not decided to sample it. And uh, her song there, it went all the way up to uh, the top 10 on the U.S. Billboard charts uh, kind of after Um, the song is coming off of the uh, best album. Uh, nominated uh, Grammy uh, album there, the uh, Marshall Mathers LP. Um, and yeah, it's telling this tale of this crazed fan who's kind of corresponding with Eminem, right? Uh, writing him letters uh, before ultimately taking uh, his own life. And I guess Eminem wrote it as kind of a way to shed some light on like the actual fan interactions that he was having. Um, at that time, which is uh, not great, not great. Um, but the song itself is really great. So there's callbacks to like previous lines and themes from other Eminem songs, which is really, really brilliant um, in this very kind of morbid tale here. Um, Stan is important for a lot of reasons. Uh, the song, it gets its own addition to the Oxford English Dictionary um, as a crazed fan, Stan in the dictionary. So thank you, Eminem, for expanding our vocabulary. This is the 223rd best song of all time, according to Rolling Stone. Um, and Eminem went on to perform this um i think it was at the at the grammys potentially uh with uh sir elton john singing the dido part so uh you know bummer bummer to dido to not get to go and do it but i guess if someone's going to replace you sir elton john i guess is a is a pretty good one uh to go out there and to sing that part so that's pretty pretty cool um eminem you know has always had this way about him to uh create controversy but um you know his songwriting is uh so purposeful and complex and i hope you get to read this letter uh so it says uh yeah tough stuff tough stuff but really good really good song uh that's gonna come up to my last song then michaela the thunder rolls by garth brooks um i was a little bit uh, all over the place right pop country i was i was was kind of all over the place all over the place uh this one comes from the 1991 album no fences uh it's a garth brooks song of betrayal was first recorded by tanya tucker but she never released it until 1995 so garth brooks gets the first crack at it here um he'd actually written it for tanya tucker and uh, she decided not to not to release it then so um she asked though garth brooks when she got it to include a fourth verse uh that kind of alludes to that murder at the end right to go and mm-hmm. go in it to grab the gun to confront this this piece of piece of garbage uh that's been out running around on you and you know garth uh liked that and decided to leave it in on his own version so this is a tale of philandering of domestic violence and murder uh garth's acoustic guitar is slamming through the thunder rolls section and the music video here michaela it gets banned by tnn and it was deemed too violent and too much social commentary for cmt uh, so what 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 are you going to do then? Radio stations start showing the video then at fundraising events for women's shelters. That's really good, really good. And after CMT and TNN decide not to air it, VH1 says, well, we'll air it. That sounds good. This sounds good for VH1. We'll do that. Um, and I think probably, I don't know this specifically, but I think it went a long way into making Garth Brooks not only the biggest country star in the world, 
but maybe the biggest star in the world. There are very few people that are bigger than Garth Brooks in the world. And I think that their banning and VH1 airing this video went a long way to that. Um, this is uh, definitely kind of a folk song here. Actually, Stan by Eminem, also a folk song by all accounts telling this tale. Uh, but the way Garth is so visual kind of in the storytelling, it's really like really like pulls you in. It's really engrossing. And I think it's dark and a perfect uh, kind of October night listen. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is, I remember hearing this for the very first time in school. Miss um, Mason, she was my English teacher and we were covering songwriting as like a, mm. a lyric in literature class in English. And um, uh, Miss Mason was amazing. And she was like, look, we're going to watch this. <laughs> we're going to watch this video. Um, and everybody was freaking out because, and I was like, uh, thunder rolls. I, I don't know. I was living under a rock at the time and I didn't have television. So I had no idea what I was in for. And Oh my gosh. Uh, the, 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 the video brought chills. Um, the song is amazing. Uh, the lyrics are awesome. When they talk about the thunder rolling, um, they're really talking about like it, it rolling inside of a marriage and outside at the same time. I mean, it's the the just the amazingness with which um, you know this only this interaction that they're reading that, that that you're hearing about that you're experiencing in the song only happens uh, over the course of maybe you know a minute, right? Because he's driving back from where he never should have been. Uh, it's really raining and scary, and she's worried about him. And then she rushes out to to see if he's okay. And then she realizes that he has been somewhere he shouldn't be. And he smells like her and he looks meh, and the light flashes in her eyes. And she's like, Nope, not today. And, she, and, and she's, she, she goes to, you know, shoot him. Um, it's, really chilling and one of the things uh, about country music is that it tells these really dark tales in a really beautiful ballad driven way um i'm so glad that you picked this because uh this is definitely a scary tale to tell in the dark right it's a cautionary tale uh mm -hmm. people don't cheat on each other that's not cool don't do it um because you, you're gonna piss the wrong person off don't do that <laughs> with the thunder and everything this is perfect for like a stormy night listen Ooh. that's right yeah while you're uh while you're toasting up your marshmallows for the uh, campfire mule uh you can listen to this it's gonna get you right in the right mindset and i liked um too it talked about the music video there apparently garth brooks plays the 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 man the the husband here in the music video because he wanted to make it very clear that the husband was a no good person and that by the end of the video everyone would be glad that he's getting himself shot for all the bad stuff he'd been doing so uh that is it that concludes my five michaela you have one left what do you got for us so i thought we were already at like the pinnacle of of the depth of human mm. grossness but then mm. but then mm. i remembered mm. Then I remembered this film, this film. Oh my gosh. Then I remembered this song from, uh, from the late nineties, uh, that also, uh, I was never the same after hearing it. And it's Polly from Nirvana, which, yeah, it's, it's on a number of lists of like the most disturbing songs of all time. Uh, so it came out, it was released in September of 1991. It's from the album, Nevermind, which probably everybody knows. Uh, I'm not telling you anything anybody doesn't already know. Um, this song was actually written about the abduction, rape, and torture of a 14-year-old girl returning home from a punk rock concert in Tacoma, Washington. And that happened in 1987. And it's written from the perspective of the perpetrator. Um, Polly has frequently been cited as evidence of Cobain's support of feminism and women's rights. Um, I will never forget the first time I heard this song. Um, because it was my friend Jeremy's favorite album, this album. I mean, it was a lot of people's favorite album. I mean, Nirvana was on fire for like six solid years in the nineties. Um, but this song, I was like, what is this? And he told me about what it was about. Um, and it just, I can't even listen to it without getting teary eyed, without, uh, it, prickling my skin it's just the fact that it's based on a true story is just really awful um yeah real deep real dark real real scary for halloween 
but it's a real fear <laughs> instead of ghosts and goblins. It is, it is a it is a real fear. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah. So actually, Kurt Cobain had written the song um, a few years prior to this and had kind of performed it, um, you know, kind of off and on at different live things. And then, yeah, it ends up going on to uh, Nevermind, uh, which came out in 1991, which is the sixth greatest album of all time, according to Rolling Stone. Um, like you said, Mikhail, this is told from the perspective of the abductor, but the girl in Polly um just like the actual girl that the was the song was inspired by uh kind of get the upper hand and escape their captor at the end so um this song was played and recorded on a 20 dollar pawn shop guitar uh which apparently was a real garbage uh guitar uh but kurt loved playing it loved the way that it sounds you get a bass guitar in there and i think there are two cymbal crashes so basically it's just kurt cobain weaving this tail on this junky old guitar the song itself is meant to be kind of satirical and make you feel real uncomfortable which it does um it has a lot of uneasiness to it um, but Kurt Cobain was very vocal um, about his uh, support of women and uh, feminism and feminist rights um, and I'm actually going to link in the episode notes here a really really interesting article I found in Affinity magazine that breaks down uh, kind of some of these songs and you know some of the the charitable work and a bunch of the like the liner notes that uh, Kurt had written uh, throughout his uh, time there uh, uh, you know telling us stories before uh he took his own life there uh so yeah polly polly is is a good one uh yeah you 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 went to you went uh you went dark on your five michaela you went uh you went pretty dark on your five i have to say i have to say i don't know about halloween uh parties with you i don't know i mean well i will say and i will die on this on this hill it was better than monster mash i mean come on now can confirm can confirm right i mean monster mash monster mash definitely has its place although our patron uh cassia sent us in a couple of uh picks for herself and she said you know anything but monster mash basically is what she said so yeah i think we're <laughs> i think we're definitely on the same page i'm gonna run through uh just a, a couple of these because i know we had kind of some honorable uh mentions here one that you definitely wanted to, to talk about and this was a song that would have probably made it onto my list but uh cassie had already picked it but you make me feel like it's halloween by muse that is a newer song uh coming out i think in the in 2022 i think that album came out that's a really uh, good one um, we've got the uh, Diary of Jane by Breaking Benjamin. Uh, we've got uh, My Boy Builds Coffins by Florence and the Machine. Uh, that's off of the Lungs album. That song is absolutely uh, great, and it's uh, it's it's kind of telling telling a dark tale, right? My my uh, you know my my boy, my partner uh, builds coffins. You know, doesn't build these other things, and uh, you know, eventually is going to build a coffin for himself and for me and for you too. So, uh, pretty uh, pretty morbid stuff there. Really, really good song. Um, and then one that you wanted to talk about here in particular, uh, Michaela, that was sent our way. Um, this one is uh, the version by uh, Cinematic Pop featuring McKenna Breinholt, but the song is Sweet Dreams. That's right. Um, I really maybe uh, should have cut down on the darkness just a little bit because I think Sweet Dreams by originally when I first started, it was by the Arrhythmics and it mm -hmm. is haunting mm -hmm. and kind of with that synthesizer uh, sound. It's really kind of poppy, but also very dark. Um, and then, uh, uh, gosh, in the early 2000s, I want to say Marilyn Manson came out with a version that is even uh, darker and grittier and uh, much more scary, in my opinion, um, much less poppy. You're not dancing to it. You're like kind of just listening to it, hoping that you make it through. Um, so I, I'm, I'm excited. I was excited to talk about this one because I think that some of these songs, uh, like you've said, House of the Rising Sun, um, the you know, the paint it black. Like there've been a lot of other versions of these songs mm -hmm. um, because of their popularity in their darkness. And th they all have kind of different uh, things to layer on top of them to make them either spookier or creepy or less so, um, which I find really interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's, it's always interesting when you get these, these, uh, kind of stories that resonate uh, with people and in terms of making, um, you know, different covers of them and things and the way you can kind of kind of tweak them. And yeah, in the case of, you know, Sweet Dreams, uh, you know, you can take a, a song that's, you know, uh, you know, kind of kind of darker in, in tone, but then, you know, really turn it up to 11. You know, Marilyn Manson was kind of kind of known for that thing and, uh, you know, beautiful people and stuff kind of being his other uh, big hits, which probably would have been a welcome addition here to this uh, playlist as well. So, um, yeah, that is kind of our Halloween uh, playlist that we put together. Uh, like I said, these are by no means meant to be like an exhaustive list of uh, Halloween songs, but we thought that they were kind of kind of creepy and spooky and captured the vibe of Halloween, right? Just like, uh, you know, every 
every year you sit down, you kind of watch through, you know, kind of your your favorites or those classic uh, horror films, monster tales, uh, stuff like that. And these tunes definitely kind of capture that essence when we're uh, thinking about what we want to listen come this time of year. You know, leaves are changing, jack-o'-lanterns are glowing, uh, and horror is in the air for sure. So, uh, Michaela... This week's cocktail is really nice. Campfire Mules uh, from Delish. Definitely make up one of those. I know you're probably going to make up another one or two of these as we work our way to Halloween. Uh, but but what do you think? What do you think about our first uh, playlist compilation here? I really liked it. I think that this could be a start of something that we do uh, maybe not every week because I really like uh, our volumes where we talk about albums. But I really kind of like some of this where we we get to pick a theme and talk about it because it there's so much music out there and um learning about songs that maybe I didn't know enough about or that you had never heard before um, mm -hmm. as dark as they were I thought that was really a lot of fun I really enjoyed it yeah absolutely it was it was fun to to sit back and think of uh, what songs were going to fit well um, in here for sure and then do a little bit of a uh, kind of a, a little mini deep dive on each of these I thought was a really good time so uh, let us know at home if you're uh, listening along what songs would you have put on your playlist or what songs did we miss or were any of these songs no good for the playlist let us know all that stuff um, let us know if you make a campfire mule uh, send us pictures we want to see it so you can do that and contact us on our social medias that's at drink the movies on Instagram and X and Threads and Blue Sky and Facebook.com slash Drink the Movies. If you want to go to uh, Patreon, that's where uh, we're taking some feedback for uh, what albums we're picking, what songs to include on our playlists here, bonus episodes, all that kind of stuff. That's on Patreon.com slash Drink the Movies. Um, if you want to see episode recaps, uh, pictures of our uh, cocktails, uh, links to all of that stuff, you can do that on our website, which is www.drinkthemovies.com. And Michaela, if they're uh, listening to you know the podcast, they're out doing some trick-or-treating, maybe, or putting together their own scary compilation, uh, where should they swing by to make sure they are subscribed to the podcast? You can find us on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, anywhere where Spotify podcasts are supported and distributed. Um, if you ha are listening to us right now on your rectangle, I promise there is a subscribe button. Uh, we do two drops a week. Um, we do things like this every now and then, but we we, we really love our volumes of Drink the Music. Uh, hopefully someday we'll be able to get back to Drink the Movies as well. Um, we're just really knocked out and, and uh, amazed by the community that you're building on our Discord site, on our Patreon site. Um, on all of our social medias um, where we combine these art forms as well as the love of cocktails really helps us all get the drink, the movies out there. So if you're loving it, tell your friends, share your stuff on social media. Um, we would be very grateful. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. <laughs> absolutely i'm gonna be grateful when this ghost gets out of the uh the studio for sure it's uh it's uh haunting me down to the bone for sure so uh that's going to conclude it here for our halloween spectacular playlist uh mashup episode uh it was a really fun time so hopefully everyone out there is listening to this hopefully you have a safe and happy halloween uh be careful out there trick-or-treating be careful um if you're having some campfire mules make sure you're doing so responsibly having a good time and let us know what your favorite halloween tracks are uh thank you so much for joining us and we'll talk to you next time on Drink, Drink the music. The music. It is the mash. It was the monster mash. Monster mash. The monster mash. <laughs> <laughs>